Today on Healthy Mind, Healthy Body, we're going to recap um, the last two podcasts to kind of reinforce what we've learned. But today I'm also going to spend a little more time in God's Word and hear what He tells us about how to have health and to have it more abundantly. Thank you for joining Healthy Mind, Healthy Body. My name is Allison Ralston. I'm a physician assistant and brain health coach, and I greatly appreciate you joining me today. Over the last two podcasts, I have given you lots of information, Uh, but today I just kind of want to recap it and to uh, go a little deeper into God's Word about what He says about being in health. It's so interesting to me that medical science is actually proving uh, the Word of God. Uh, It seems that the more that they research the body, the more it just points back to Scripture. So, The big topic of the day we've talked about is the gut microbiome or the microbes that are in our gut. We have trillions of bacteria in our gut. We actually have more bacterial DNA in our body than we have our own, which so interests me because if we look at the very beginning of the Bible uh, in Genesis chapter 1, we see that the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters, and then He said, let there be light. If you remember, I connected that back to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Lord is Spirit, and water throughout the Bible not only points to the Holy Spirit, but Jesus said that I am the living water. And he says that when we accept him, that that living water will flow out of our belly. So right in the beginning of of Genesis, we see that um, God made uh, all the earth and all the stars and the heavens. And then it says that the, the mist or the water came up out of the ground and watered the ground, and then he made man. He made Adam. And then he blew his spirit into the nostrils of Adam. He became a living being. So right there we were made from the dust of the ground. We were made so just divinely. We were divine creatures that we had connection and oneness uh, with the Spirit of the Lord through the Numa or the Holy Spirit. And of course, we talked about that when sin came in, that we were separated from the Spirit. But here's the beauty that when Jesus came and he gave his life and he became that perfect sa- sacrifice, that when we asked him into our life, we became reinstated as, a, as, as connected to the Spirit of God, that we became a, a new creation, that we became connected to the Spirit. And it is in that Spirit, it is in relationship to the Spirit in which we find divine health. If you remember in Genesis, uh, in, uh, sorry, in John 10, 10, it says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life abundantly. Jesus is our wisdom, and Jesus is the the place where we can find abundant health. So let me just recap. We talked um, about this gut microbiome and how important it is. You know, we learned that stress can affect it. It seems that this imbalance of the gut flora is contributing to chronic illnesses. Uh, illnesses like autoimmune diseases, uh, illnesses like neuromuscular diseases like Parkinson's, and not only that, obesity, 
diabetes, and heart disease. We've learned that the gut and the brain are connected through the vagus nerve. And really, uh, we can also say that the heart is part of that system as well. So we have uh, basically three important nervous systems. One is the brain, and then the gut, and many people call the gut the second brain. But there's another area that we um, should address, and it's the heart, which also has a nervous system. We know that this uh, imbalance of the gut flora actually causes inflammation on the lining of the gut, and that allows things to get into your system that begin to cause disease. Uh, if you may remember that I told you that they have isolated Parkinson's in the gut, and when you cut the vagus nerve, that Parkinson's does not manifest itself in the brain. So what's going on in the gut is very, very important. So we talked about the Mediterranean diet. Um, it's a low inflammatory diet. It's full of fruits, vegetables, whole grain, and healthy fats like olive oil, uh, avocado, uh, nuts, and seeds. Um, it's low in animal fat and higher in your seafoods. Um, I think they do two to four servings of seafood uh, per week in the Mediterranean diet and very little red meat, only once a week. If you remember, I told you that um, they didn't do a study and they found that high-fat diets actually suppress one of our immune um, molecules called IgA. And so we see that this high-fat diet stress activates the immune system and causes inflammation. And so the root of illness is inflammation. So we want to decrease inflammation. So a plant-based diet um, from studies uh, reduces inflammation. It feeds the gut microbes uh, what they need to help us to produce uh, healthy neurotransmitters and to promote life. If you remember, I told you that 95% of your serotonin is actually made in your gut. Most of your neurotransmitters are made in your gut. And if you remember from yesterday's podcast that when we get stressed, fearful, or worried, that it actually releases norepinephrine and serotonin that actually have a negative effect on our bacteria and cause them to be more aggressive. So what are we going to do? The very last part of yesterday's podcast, I talked to you about a book called The, the Mind-Gut Connection. And in that book, the author says that if we can be doing all the right things as far as what we're putting in our body. We can be reducing uh, all the fat. Uh, we can be doing a plant-based diet. But if we're not be paying attention uh, to our emotions and the feelings that we're having, that we can still have unhealthy gut bacteria, still have inflammation in the body, and still experience uh, physical illness. It's interesting that medicine is um, talking about mindfulness meditation. If you remember, if you've been following along, you'll know that I've talked about this over and over, that meditation was always God's idea. Uh, he says in many places, if you will, meditate on my word, that it will be life. So I wanted to spend a little time with that. So let's look at the word meditation. Meditation is defined several different ways. 
Um, but the one that I think is most helpful to us is it is to focus one's thoughts on, to reflect on or ponder over. I don't know if you read through Psalms, a lot of times you'll see the words Salah. And that means to think on, to ponder, to wonder. So this this pondering or meditation on the Word of God brings life to our body. So I think the first thing that we need to really look at um, that has really um, been kind of weighing on my heart or something I think the Lord has been teaching him. But in Psalms 111.10, it says that the reverent fear and worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and skill. It says in the Amplified, it kind of breaks that down a little bit further. It said it, it, it is the preceding and the first essential, which means that it's vital. It's vital to us uh, to living the abundant life. It says that it's the prerequisite and the alphabet. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny, but if you look at the Hebrew, I believe that the first Hebrew uh, alphabet is um, is alpha. And the Lord said, he's told us from the beginning that he is the alpha, that he is the beginning. So Jesus is the beginning of our wisdom. I wanted to go through just a little bit of Proverbs 3, and we'll probably break this down over maybe the next couple of days. Um, But Proverbs 3 has some interesting things in it, um, and I want to kind of open up discussion, and then we'll kind of take this piece by piece. But let me read the first few uh, verses. It says, My son, forget not my law or my teaching." but let your heart keep my commandments. So right here in the very beginning, we see the word forget. Well, forget, that comes with a mind, is it? So that's something that we need to have intentional on our mind, the teachings uh, of the Lord. And let them, let them, he says, to keep them in your heart. It says, for length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward and and continuing through old age till death, these shall they add to you. So we see that by reminding ourselves of the teachings of the Lord. And what are those teachings? Well, there's so many uh, throughout the New Testament. But if you remember that right before Jesus was to be handed over um, to the guards, he said in John 13, And this is when he was washing the feet of the disciples. And he said this, he said, I give you a new, he said, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the teachings of the Lord are about loving. You know, Jesus came to show us the Father. And Jesus, everywhere he went, he brought healing. He brought healing to the people that were sick. And that is what we're called to do. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And when we love ourselves, then we can love others. There was one other thing that he said. He said, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love people as yourself. You know, we really can't begin to love other people until we begin to love ourselves. 
And actually, we can't really even love God until we understand his love for us. It is his love for us that leads us to repentance. And repentance is not, you know, this groveling around. Repentance is to change your mind for the better. It is in the renewing of our mind about who we are, who God is, in this reverently worshiping and turning our hearts and mind to focus on Him that we're going to have the abundant health. So let's look a little little further along uh, in Proverbs 3. Verse 3 says, Let not mercy and kindness and truth forsake you, now, the Amplified Bible, I really love it. It says, let not mercy and kindness, and in parentheses it says, shutting out all hatred and selfishness. That will bring healing to us when we can be, bring mercy and kindness to others. And then it, when it says truth, it says, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy and falsehood. Really, that brings me uh, to James uh, chapter 3. Because we just learned from Psalms 111 that the beginning of wisdom is worshiping and fearing the Lord. And it's not fear that makes us, the kind of fear that makes us not want to go Him, but it's that awe and wonder of what He has done and who He is and all the promises of God. But when we see here, it says, Let not mercy and kindness shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth, shutting all deliberate hypocrisy and falsehood, forsake you, bind them around your neck, and write them on the tablet of your heart. I want you to, to take you to James chapter 3, where we hear about, about wisdom and true wisdom. It says for, um, this is James chapter 3, 16 and 17. It says, for wherever there is jealousy, envy, contention, robbery and self-ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. But the wisdom from above is first all pure, undefiled. Then it is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruit, and it is wholehearted and straightforward, impartial, unfeigned, which means free from doubts, wavering, and insecurity. That word unfeigned can also apply to hypocrisy. Well, what is hypocrisy? Well, hypocrisy is, you know, maybe saying one thing, but your actions are doing another. You know, it's not being true to who you are. You're one way at one place and different in another place. That's hypocrisy. We want to move from that. But it says, bind these things around your neck and write them on your heart. How do we write things on our heart? Well, I believe it's through meditation. The more we meditate on the Word of God, the more that we allow it to come in, you know, think on it, uh, speak it out, that it begins, as we, it says, as a man thinks, so is it in heart. So the more you think on the goodness of God, as you think on the things that he has done for you, as you think on the blood of Jesus and that he has made you righteous before the Father, that he has, he has cleansed you, that he has made you a son or a daughter of the Most High God, that you've been created with power, that you have, been, you have asked Jesus in your heart and you have been sealed with the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that raised 
Christ from the dead, that you've been reinstated. You know, we are not, we have been made from the ground, but we are born of the Spirit, that even though our body has the same composition of the soil uh, and that we get these gut microbes from the soil, we are not one of the soil. That by the breath of God, by asking Christ in charge, you have become one with him in spirit. That we walk by the spirit. And these are principles um, of, of love. That when we love, that we're showing the character of God. So by thinking on the word, it will be written on our heart. And then it says in verse 4, So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight of God and man. It says, lean on and trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. You know, when we lean on our own insight or understanding, and when we lean on man's wisdom, it falls short. God, His wisdom, His ways are not our ways, and they're so much higher. And when we get in line with that, we can find such freedom and such joy. It says in verse 6, In all your ways know and recognize and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your path. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. And then this is the key verse. It says, verse 8, It says, It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and muscling to your bones. Well, guess what? Your brain, your gut, your heart are surrounded by nerves. So what it's saying is that when we meditate on the Word of God, that we can have that peace that surpasses understanding and that it will be health to our nerves. So let's look at this word tranquility that we saw in verse 2. It says, For length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, continuing through old age till death, these they shall add to you. So tranquility is the quality or state of being tranquil, calm, peaceful, quiet, serenity. And if we go to Isaiah, we can see Isaiah 26, 3 says, you, talking about Jesus, will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. A mind that is refocused off of this world onto Jesus. Jesus is able to protect. He is the king of peace. Um, he sent us the Holy Spirit who is the comforter who can bring uh, peace and healing to our body. I believe that is in that place of worship, in that place of prayer, in that place of meditation on the Word of God, that we're going to find true health for our mind, our body, and our spirit. I'm going to leave you with two more scriptures, and then we'll, we'll address this again. But this is what I want you to meditate on or think on today. Proverbs 14.30 says, A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are life and health of the body, but envy, jealousy, and wrath are rottenness to the bones. Does that just not resonate with you? We just talked about in yesterday's podcast that unhealthy emotions can bring disruption to our body. We know now that it disrupts this 
the diversity of our gut microbes, which is leading to inflammation, which is leading to inflammation in the body, which is leading to chronic illness. So here we see that wisdom, uh, the wisdom from above, uh, and that's Jesus. And he said, I came to give you life abundantly. So today I encourage you to go, go into worship, begin to think on things that are good and wholesome, begin to turn your heart and mind away from these things of the world. And if you are experiencing unhealthy emotions, anger, fear, judgment, whatever it is, bring it into the Lord and begin to let him heal those areas. Um, because it is so important, you know, what are you thinking? What are you meditating on? Is it bringing life or is it bringing death? What are you speaking out of your mouth? Are your words bringing healing to yourself and others? Or are they bringing death and discouragement and and hate to others? So Proverbs 16, 23 and 24, um, you can read that to yourself. But basically, verse 24 says, Pleasant words are, are as a honeycomb, sweet to the mind and healing to the body. So today... I encourage you to begin the practice of going into the secret place, going into a place where you can be alone uh, with the Lord. It is in that place where you can find sweet communion uh, with the Lord, where he can teach you his ways, that he can love on you, begin to show you how much he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He's for you, not against you. He provided a way for you to have Uh, to be born again of the Spirit and have access to the Spirit, which gives life. Jesus said, I am the living water. We all need water, right? And another, we can go on down about that. Our bodies made mostly of water, right? Uh, So we can kind of go off that beaten trap. I won't do that today. But I will leave you with um, Proverbs uh, 25, 14. It says, The secret of sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord, have they who fear, revere, and worship him, and he will show them his covenant and reveal them its deeper meaning. Friends, I'm just going to leave you. A healthy mind, healthy body has been based on um, the scripture, Proverbs 17:22. It says, A happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Friends, a happy heart is good medicine. So in prayer and worship, that's where we get rid of the stuff that doesn't need to be in our heart. That's when we find a heart transformation. But it comes with renewing our mind with the Word of God. It comes in meditating on things that are good and wholesome. It comes in pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ to know Him above all else. Because He said in His Word, John 10.10, that He came to give us life and life more abundantly. I hope that you have a blessed day. We're going to continue this topic of meditation and meditating on the Word of God. Uh, But today, go into that secret place. Allow Him to heal your heart. Let Him speak to you and show you how wonderfully, fearfully, wonderfully you've been made. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining Healthy Mind, Healthy Body today. Just a reminder that meditation is powerful. Uh, Medical studies are showing that meditation actually improves attention and helps us make better decisions. The Word of God says for us to 
not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. When we begin to think on God, when we begin to think on the things of God, that our brain begins to be transformed. It actually says in medical studies that when we begin to think on God, that it creates new neurons and provides better connections to the brain. So how much more powerful it is for us to connect with Him in our mind and our heart that will bring healing to our to our bodies and healing to our nerves, which we know now that there's a lot of nerves in our gut, our mind, and our heart. Have a wonderful day.